Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold sets up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Not a ton to talk about because we don't have a lot of news going on. Tom Herman still searching for coordinators. We'll see how that plays out. But we do know a bold destination and a bold opponent for the Texas Longhorns. It's going to be the Alamo Bowl on New Year's Eve, and Utah is the opponent, the 11-2 and Utes. Matt, as soon as that matchup came out, I was like, this is like Matt Butler paradise where you get to use that drop pretty much for the next few weeks. Yes, we will. And they actually have a two-headed Ute backfield that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, no, Utah, when that news came out, it was pretty interesting. It went from being like, "Ah, I don't care about the bowl game. Like, oh, this is something pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, it's football. You get your football football pants get stirred up a little bit and you (laughs) – Start thinking about uh, bowl matchups. So I know. Look, I know I'll be watching like the New Mexico Bowl and any kind of bowl games. Yeah, I watch. On. I watch random bowls. Yeah. I watch I'll football. Just sit down and yeah, I'll just sit down and if watch random bowls. I love it because it helps me almost with like the NFL prep because I start to see like players. I'm like, and that's I, how I found out about Michael Gallup. I was watching the New Mexico Bowl. Yeah. I was like, man, that yeah. Colorado State kid is really and you good. You start doing prep, like, man, I gotta go see about this this guy and how good he is. And then you go back to research, like, damn, that's a good player. Yeah, and you, you know, like, yeah. So I helps to kind of dive into the NFL research a little bit. So we'll talk about Utah. We'll talk about the Alamo Bowl, uh, all that stuff, and and obviously we'll look at the big picture because that's what we're doing. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing well yourself. Wonderful. And lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, I will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they give you that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, you should make a DBU black card like for guys that have the All-American <laughs> honors or College Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. It should be like a tiered system. Uh, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we'll get into like an exclusive VIP so like, club. So like Jerry Gray and Johnny Johnson, they should have like their card should be the same and it should be like whatever you decide the top of the pyramid is. Yeah. That the problem is I won't even be like in the – I won't even get to be in the VIP section because it would be so crowded. I'll be like in the, the – I keep dropping. You know what I mean? Because the DBs keep getting You're all-American though, right? That's true, but still there's more You're and more – Well, we haven't had as many lately, I will say that. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> well, Quandre, yeah. man, that dude's been blowing up in the NFL. Justine, did you well, watch – any a quandary this I, week? Yeah, but Quandry's always been. We've always said Quandry was going to be a, true, a perfect true. like NFL. It's just fit. good seeing it's, him to get the fruits of his labor. Like well, he's making big. Well, he's time in a plays. system more compatible with him. Yeah. That's the difference. And, I, and not that he wasn't. Be, he was being misused with Detroit, but NFL is all about compatibility, and he's better in that. Pete Carroll system than he was at that Matt Oh, yeah, Patricia he's a, Mini Earl is literally yeah. what Pete Carroll's calling. And let, him. let's be honest, Rod. I know they gave you paychecks for a few years. But the Detroit Lions are a bad organization. They are a bad organization. You gave away that guy for a fifth-round pick. I mean, at least you could have got a third-round pick for him. I mean, I think everybody in, NFL, in the NFL was shocked that they only gave up a fifth-round pick for him. Hell, if that was the case, the Texans, the Cowboys, everybody should have tried I'm saying, why didn't the Cowboys anybody, do it? If you, if you get like, Quandre well, Dicks for a five? Yeah, every, I think every NFL team out there is like, dude, I would have given up a the, fifth for Quandre. The line would have formed to the left, <laughs> man. Well, and that's where the, like, you know, like the nerdy side of the NFL, you see Patricia wanting to try to be like, 
like a Belichick where he's like, well, I can turn my sixth rounder into the fifth rounder it's three like, years dude. later. He's like, but you don't understand the value of what you had, and you could have got more than you that. You could have got way more than that. Yes. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to get off on a tangent but there. Yeah, no. that pick six from Quandre this week, he'd been making yeah. big plays. No, he's balling. He's balling. Yeah. Um, and big so, hits. real quick, I do want to talk about our schedule coming up. Next week will be a normal show. You guys will get it at normal time. Then we run into kind of holiday travel and holiday schedule. So, Rod is getting out of town on the 21st of December. Yeah, I'll be out of town from the 21st to the 28th. I'm coming back. Which so. would bump up too close to the game. So basically, mm-hmm. we're going to try to record it sometime before Christmas. We'll yeah. get you guys a hard kind of release date and that. But we'll basically blow it out and have a huge show sometimes, sometime late in that week leading up to, uh, yeah, yeah. to Christmas we'll break Christmas down. Day. The Alamo Bowl and everything. Yeah, we'll just go. We Hopefully, might, we'll have we lots might, of updates. We might have coordinators to talk yeah, about. We don't then. know exactly what's We'll have happen. National Signing Day will be. The, 70, oh, right. the 72-hour oh, window will be closing. Oh, I forgot about so. that. Get about National Moving Signing on up. Day. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So maybe we could talk about how. It skips, yeah, I forget yeah. all about it. Yeah, that's big. That's maybe, huge. Maybe fitting B. John Robinson into this thing next just year. Just the uh, coordinator. Can I just ask you real quick? And I know we don't talk a lot of recruiting, but just your opinion. The coordinator search right now being what it is, which is kind of no updates, kind of radio silence for the most part, good or bad, leading up to early signing day. I think it depends on what Tom Herman's telling those guys. The guys that are on yeah. the fence, like most of the guys aren't on the fence. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting pretty much the entire class to be signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah. Uh, I think for the guys, and this goes back to any time I've heard of recruits that are still on the table when a coordinator search yeah, is yeah, going on. Gonna be as long as you can give those guys an idea of your plan, more often than not, they're going to, yeah. Yeah, you, they've invested enough time with you as the head coach to feel like, okay, I trust you. As long as you're telling me you have a plan and you're carrying out that plan, and the plan is going as you yeah. expect said plan to go. Yeah, the, then I think they're going to the be 17, 18 year olds, and I was like, you got to hire this guy. Yeah, like, otherwise I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah he doesn't. Like, no, those yeah. are the stuff the fans like Quint, overweigh. Yeah, yeah. And Quentin Johnston's not sitting down with Tom Herman <laughs> saying, "Look, I researched these OCs yeah, right. and I think you need to hire this guy right yeah, here." Yeah, 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 exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. So no, I, I think I think for the most part they'll be fine. I think where it's interesting though. I mean, anytime you're dealing with guys like Alfred Collins, who's going to make his decision uh, at the All-American Bowl in early January, then I think mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, not only who's the D.C. going to be, but he's a guy that's not committed. So uh, is Oscar Giles the guy that's recruited him? Is Oscar Giles going to be around? If not, you know, you know, like Oklahoma's got stability right mm-hmm. now. Baylor's got stability that's right now. Great question. So. Like if, if you're Tom Herman, like how it's great. What are you telling these young kids and what are you telling these parents who are keeping up with this story? Mm-hmm. That's where it, be a great salesman. Yeah, you that's where it impacts great. you. That's where it impacts you is the guys yeah. that the, your targets yeah. that are still out there. That they they you know that's where the the playing field yeah. gets uneven. You almost have to flip it where you know I was saying they were saying political debates. Uh, if you're debating and you know they broach on a subject that you are not you know versed in, you don't have expertise. You just pivot to something you know. Hmm. So I imagine in the sales, you pivot to what you know about Texas football now. Tom Herman's like, I am here. All right. right. You ain't got to where I will be here. Uh, the University of Texas is still in Austin. All right. Mm. Austin's still a great city. And it's still just like have, in politics. Yeah. You, you have just sell. Opposition, still negative building, recruiting. Yeah. They're still building on the South in zone. It's still going to be a great stadium. Facilities are still awesome. Meet CDC. He's awesome. Matthew McConaughey still going to root for Texas. You sell the things you know. Right. And then the stuff you don't know, you basically pivot away from that. You just change the subject immediately. Because that's what your opposing yeah. teams or your yeah, opposition that's what they're selling. in the politics. When they are negatively recruiting against you, that's what they're selling. That's exactly yeah. what other politicians yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, you can't – because neg- negative recruiting – to an extent, can turn kids off. Like if Tom Herman goes mm-hmm. in the living room and says, "Well, you know, Matt Rule's interviewed for NFL jobs the last two years. You don't even know if he's going to yeah. be there." That that'll turn a kid hey, off. Why are you talking quick. about Matt Rule? I'm yeah. here. You in you in my living room? Exactly. Why are you worried about what Matt Rule's doing? Exactly. You're here. I totally agree with you. And I, I've had it work. You know, I've heard it work against uh, for Texas that way. Like a coach will go in and yeah. negatively recruit Texas. We're like, why have we talked about Texas the entire time? You haven't told me about your program. Come on yeah. now. Yeah, I totally agree. Kind of so. It just depends, but we'll see. You know that that seventy-two hour window in December has really changed the entire recruiting cycle because then you can essentially after that you've got to reset your entire board and see okay who hasn't signed, who's still left, what needs to be what added. You need, yeah. And you know Chad and Kevin asked me about it, and I gave kind of a long-winded answer, but it's true. Like Tom Herman can't even tell you what what it's going to look like after that no. seventy-two hour window because when you reset your board, you might say, well, you know, we were only planning on taking one corner, but man, there's these three corners that we really like, and they're all still out there, so maybe we take one less. I don't know, one less offensive lineman or one less wide receiver, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and we take look at your team, how it's developed. Yeah, it's like the exactly. NFL draft, essentially. Like you can have a plan, 
But that plan yeah, going to blow up. You it's, know it's going to blow you're, up. It's you're basically basically when you enter that to an extent because you'll still have some big fish out there, guys that aren't going to make their decisions until yeah, January, yeah, February. Basically, is right. It's like entering the last port after the seventy-two hour window when you enter that all the way up to the second signing day. It's really like day three of the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you yeah, in terms of your evaluation and. What you need, and you got to look at the who's developing on my team. Man, can I count on that guy? And, and maybe that, it's a guy yeah. that you say, you know what, we weren't planning on taking a defensive lineman. This is a guy we really liked, and we had him. He's the best available guy. Yeah, let's go. We had let's a really go see highly if we can get him. on our board. Yeah. and I can't believe he dropped this far. Hell, you know what? We don't need another D lineman. We're taking him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just stuff yeah. like that, and, yeah. and it's it's really made it uh, it's it's made it interesting. The where, short you know, segmented aspect of it too, yeah. like you can sort of go into this seventy two hour window with that agenda, and then know that with the next you know two months that follow after that, you have that reset, and you sort of have to recalibrate because just like in the NFL draft, you don't even know what the other opposition may make a good or bad pick, which ultimately affects your options. Yeah, but and just like same with the recruiting, like you didn't think this kid was going to commit, and this kid commit, and Real quickly, can recalibrate everything for totally what good. you're doing in February. Yeah, anybody that wants more recruiting, you can get it uh, on the Horns 24 7 podcast feed with uh, Bobby Burton and Mike Rhodes on State of Recruiting. But you know, really, when you look at it, Rod, uh, the goal for Texas, you really you have two two goals going into this 72 hour window. Goal number one is get as many of the commitments you've got signed as possible. Yeah, and number two. Anybody that's committed elsewhere or is anticipating making a decision, get, hope that they hold off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But they give you a little time to kind of refocus. As yeah. Matt says recalibrate things. Yeah. yeah. So that's just kind of where things are at real quick on the recruiting front. So, yeah, so we do have a bowl game to talk about. We do have a bowl opponent to talk about. Rod, when I say the Alamo Bowl, that should get very few people excited. That's just my opinion on the city of San Antonio and the Alamo Dome and the bowl itself. Sorry, yeah. I just – it is Most what it Longhorn is. fans I, that I've talked to, they are indifferent about it. They, it doesn't. It's not something that really gets them going or gets them hype or excited and doesn't titillate them. Yeah. But it's also, it's like, oh, well, it's Utah. You know, I'll definitely watch it. How many people are gonna go on New Year's Eve to go watch the Longhorns when it's what? It's kind of a late game, right? It's six thirty. Six thirty starts. Yeah. So it's gonna be. It is your New Year's plans, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Longhorn fans, like young fans, are gonna go. I'm gonna spend my New Year's in San Antonio at the Alamo, at the Dome. Alamo Dome. Yeah, at the Alamo. You know Dome. what's near the Alamo Dome? Uh, exactly. Well, you can go to Riverwalk if that's <laughs> yeah, what that's you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting about yeah. the uh, Texas and the Alamo Bowl, though? Mike Finger made a great point on this. Mike Finger, the columnist for San Antonio Express News and the Houston Chronicle, Michael's on the Texas beat for for years. Mike is the way the Alamo Bowl people looked at it. You have to look at it two different ways. Like last year, you know, they kind of got the ideal scenario where you've got two fan bases, Washington State and Iowa State, willing to travel. So all that tourism money is going to pour into the city. Mm-hmm. This year, by picking Texas, the advertisers kind of got their say because at the end of the day, what do bowl games need more than anything? You need eyeballs need on eyeballs. television yeah, sets. Yeah. And and anytime you've got Texas, right, even if you're having a New Year's party, people are going to have random, yeah. whatever random football game is on Texas TV. On. Like I remember, you know, back when I was in my partying days, you'd be having a New Year's party and like the Peach Bowl would be on. Oh, yeah. matter, like, oh, or yeah. Florida and Miami, I think, played one year. Yeah. You but that game is on and that's going to be the random football game on this year is going to be the Alamo Bowl and you know people might be more inclined to view it if it's Texas because it's a brand name it's a brand name and on the other side it's a good team yeah so Texas is not necessarily a good team this year but Utah's a good team (laughs) yeah it's just a it's not a brand that people know but the Texas brand Mm -hmm. going up against a good team I think because people love to hate Texas so they'll tune in just to watch Texas lose. Cause yeah, because it's the big versus yeah. small, like the Boise State, Oklahoma yeah. idea that you get that yeah. mentality. This is the perfect time for Texas to get beat by Utah. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> and, way to yeah, put yeah. it. Yeah. So the, you're just your Aggies and your Sooners will be tuning in too because they want to watch the, mm-hmm. the potential uh, car wreck. And There's, then you look at Texas overall just against Utah being, first off, like you get that type of a matchup and Utah's a good opponent, so it sort of engages, say, the disengaged Texas fan going yeah. into the bowl season. But then it's sort of neutralized because, like, there's the stigma to the Alamo Bowl that, like, nowadays you actually send your quote-unquote second or non-whatever-playoff you know, whatever playoff committee grouping 
team now it's normally mm-hmm. your third when it ends up that you get two from your conference to go but Alamo Bowl used to be at that lower rung so it still sort of has that stigma amongst just everyday fans like oh well that's a crappy Alamo Bowl because it used to be even crappier than say the Holiday Bowl or something like that so yeah. the way that it's been changed up at least just sort of weighs it and like the Big 12 the, the Bulls picking from the Big 12 schools Rod really after you get through Baylor and Oklahoma which neither one of those teams were on the table, Oklahoma being in the playoff and Baylor going to the Sugar Bowl, yeah. which I kind of like that Sugar Bowl matchup because yeah. I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I'm like, the, I said the SEC championship game where the winner gets to play for a national championship and the loser gets the first right to not care about their bowl game. Yeah, no, it is uh, <laughs> It is kind of similar. I agree with you, Matt. It's similar to last year. I, when, when I saw it I all come really out, I was how, like, it's weird. Yeah, I, but I think Matt Rule's a hell of a coach, so I could see Matt Rule having a hell of a game plan ready to go. The quarterback situation, I think, is the only thing that concerns me. Yeah. Nobody knows yeah. what's up with Charlie Brewer. Something weird happening. With the ever since he got hit at Texas, I mean versus Texas, yeah, it's, it's been strange. So, um, but no, with the Alamo Bowl, like they had the first pick, as Matt said, and really you're kind of looking at you know Texas at seven and five, yeah. Iowa State at seven and five, K State at eight and four, Oak yeah. State at eight and four, and all those teams really beat each other. They finished with the same conference record, so it's not like. If the Alamo Bowl ever had a year where they could justify picking Texas at seven and five, this was the year where they could justify. I don't think there's anybody it. complaining. I don't think there's no. it. maybe somebody at Iowa State on the sport on radio that's complaining. About. I have no it. idea, but it's. I don't think anybody's complaining about it. it ends up being. I think uh, we'll, we won't get into all the bowls, but it's a good representation for the Big Twelve to. Once again, kind of show that maybe they are being underappreciated, disrespected. Yeah, there was nothing. There, there was nothing sexy out there, Rod. Outside of the Camping World Bowl, which if you mm-hmm. told me Texas and Notre Dame, any they could be playing is, in a in a gravel parking lot out in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that ten times out of ten. But that doesn't happen. Like the Liberty Bowl projection of who the Big Twelve opponent was going to be, and I wouldn't mind going to Memphis for you know New Year's. I, I didn't think cool. that would have been a bad bowl trip, but like. And the projection was Navy, and I was like, I couldn't think of a worse scenario for Texas to be in a bowl game, just yeah. fired your oh. defensive coordinator, you don't know how interested your players are going to be anyway, and you're playing a triple option team? And no. That's the like, that's, that's, that that worst, that worst case scenario yeah. for a That'd bowl game. That'd be like opponent. BYU, Taysom Hill all over again. That is, yeah. a, that is a no, if the there's ever a no-win so. situation, that's it. And they're always well-coached and disciplined. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. Bucky yeah. Bull would say, yeah. you don't, anytime you play the ankle biters, you don't want to be playing ankle biters. Especially in a bowl game. No, no, I'm with you on that. Well, that's the question, right? What's the motivation for Texas and their players? What's the motivation for Utah? I happen to think Utah will be motivated just because yeah. it's the brand of Texas they're playing. Kyle Whittingham, I think he's eleven and two in his bowl games. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Whittingham will have that team ready to go. They they got to be disappointed off their last game versus Oregon because mm-hmm. that's the worst they played defensively all year, other than maybe that USC game. But at least the USC game, they were able to keep USC from running. But I think USC had like thirteen. Rushing yards yeah, in that, that game. They had, game. They you know what I mean? And Fate just had a ton half. of passing yards. They were able to throw the football. That was a Friday night game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, they were able to throw the or football all like over that Utah defense. But at least you were able to make them one-dimensional. Man, honestly, Oregon was able to do whatever the hell they wanted to do against that Utah defense. That was the first time anybody was able to have their way with that Utah defense. So I, they, they'll come out motivated. It's, it's, the, it's the best defense Texas statistically has faced all year. Statistically, Texas has not faced a better defense than this Utah defense. They are and the maybe, highest ranked. They are the highest ranked SP plus defense. If you look yeah. at SP plus rankings, Utah's tenth. I think the next closest defense Texas faced. I think Baylor's sixteenth. Yeah. Uh, LSU's nineteenth, and then I don't know if there's anybody else in the top. I don't think there's anybody else like in the top twenty-five. Iowa adding, State. Iowa State might be rolling around in there like in the twenty-five to thirty yeah, range. Not only do they have that on the defensive side, but on the offensive side too. Like I don't know if Texas faced a better quarterback running back out of the backfield combo like you have the ability to like texas can't stop dual threat quarterbacks for years and now you're facing maybe one of the most electric ones in all of college football with a really good running back too. that's true but i will say they see that in the big 12 they have at least seen it before you know what i mean before, with Jalen hurts in oklahoma yeah. i don't know if you get better than their combo it's crazy I mean? though like that's then, how good this no Utah you're right it's really is. good but even with Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders, like no, they saw, they seen some really dynamic. They're right threat. there in that group. But I agree with you. No, no, Zach Moss is a freak, man. Yeah. He is. He's really good. He's amazing. Am I wrong when I say like Utah to me is kind of more of a? They're kind of more of a souped-up version of what Baylor is to yeah. an extent. Like the schemes West are Coast a little bit. Baylor. The schemes are a little bit different. 
But um, the personnel wise, they kind of remind me of a little more souped up version of Baylor. Uh, I want that D line. I can see you making that compare. Their D line worries me. I think that that D line may, may be able to overpower Texas O line. I don't think Texas will be able to run the ball against Utah. There's no, no, way. no but off- no yeah, way. offensively, <laughs> no offensively way. though, Rod, when you look at like what Baylor likes to do, they will run some some twelve personnel. Oh, yeah, they will run some eleven personnel. Yeah. and. Quarterback Sim- run game. Yeah, similar to what Baylor does, like Utah. It's not flashy. Like you kind of pretty much know what they're going to do. It's just a matter Baylor may of have better wide receivers on yeah, the outside, I and I think Utah has better running backs. Yeah, but I I totally agree with what you're talking about. Of what they want to accomplish yeah, and how they want. That's kind of where I'm getting at yeah, yeah. in my incoherent rambling. No, 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 I totally so thank, agree thanks for picking me up there. No, I no, no, no. I told I feel you exactly when you said it. I was like, actually, not you said it because I've watched like four Utah games now. I totally agree with that. I watched a ton of Baylor. But that's but yeah. that to me though, Rod, what you said, that that's what's gonna determine this matchup for him. And, and it's like what we said about Texas going against Baylor. If Texas can't block Baylor up front, that's what we said going into that game. If they can't block Baylor up front, none, nothing else is gonna matter because they won't be able to move the football. And it, we, we got what we got. It was for all intents and purposes, twenty four to three. You can count that touchdown if you want. Yeah. That's whatever. what worries me. That worries me. I yeah. think that the trenches right now is what the biggest because I think if you have a healthy Colin Johnson and he said he's gonna play, right? In the, in the bowl game. Well, he hasn't said that. Devin Duvernay was speaking for him a few uh, weeks ago. Well, Duvernay so, speaking for we him. Haven't, we I, haven't we haven't gotten We haven't gotten confirmation from, from Colin, Colin Johnson as of right now. Well, my thing was if you if you if if butts, kidneys, and nuts. If you had a healthy Colin Johnson and Duvernay, which is the freak that he's become, mm-hmm. and a Brennan Eagles, and you actually start to spread them out, run 10 personnel with the four wide receivers, and putting Jake Smith or Elps in the slot, I don't care what defense you're going up against. That's going to give them a little bit of a problem if you can get the football to them. But as you said, they may not be able to block long enough to be able to get the football downfield to those guys either. Yeah. So that's honestly, that's my biggest concern. Uh, Morgan Scally, yeah. who was we talked about Morgan Scally last week on this podcast. If you were asking me kind of my wish list for Texas defensive coordinator hires, he was number one on my list, as unrealistic as that might have been. But Utah's locked him down with a long term contract extension. He's not going anywhere for all intents and purposes. Now we knew right? he wasn't he, going anywhere. He is. Yeah, that would have been weird. They yeah, haven't. Yeah. I don't came be- over and was with. Yeah, I don't believe that wouldn't happen. I don't believe they've attached the title to it. But for all intents and purposes, he is head coach in waiting over there. I mean, it seems like yeah. very logical that he, whenever Kyle Whittingham decides yep. to retire, that. Morgan Scala is going to be the next. He he's their there. must champ. Yeah, and he literally is yeah. their must champ. No, well, well, they've been running that. And people, they've been running the same defense for honestly like twenty years, twenty five years, yeah. and it, it's the same defense basically that Kyle Whittingham's dad ran, yeah. that uh, that Scally played in. So it is just, yeah, it's just too much going on, man. It's too many family ties mm-hmm. there. So I didn't think that was going to happen, but I will say this: it is worrying me now in the coordinator search. That so Scally's off the table on defense. I know they've interviewing Barry Ona, Barry Odom is seen as one of the top Barry, guys now. The the def, the, the defense. I don't want to use cumbersome's not the right word to use, but that's kind of a good word to use in the process. Okay. Kind of a cumbersome process finding yeah. a defensive coordinator. Um, right I don't know. It's just weird. Very, that, very thorough, I guess. If you want to look at a glass half full. No, no, it, it should be thorough. I'm, I'm like it, but I think I, the Graham Harrell thing. You know, I think right now it's. You know, it's hovering around a little over 50, 50% chance you could get them. Until, it ain't a, it ain't a, now I think the, the optimism is starting to wane a little bit, and I don't know. I think, though, Rod, that I think that's just optics because of the time it's of taking. Course. But, I mean, until until Graham Harrell says something, you're just kind of stuck in this situation where like, Tom Herman doesn't even know. Nobody knows. So And it's so weird that he's out recruiting and can do that. That's why I was like, the sales pitch must be really strange. When Because I'm a recruit. I'll tell you straight up. I know my, I know Henry. Henry would ask right in front of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just I, say, hey, you tell us. You know what I mean? And, and really wouldn't let them leave the room until they got an answer yeah. that they were satisfied with. So I, I just wonder what's happening no, in those, I those homes, time. At the, in those coaching rooms. You know what I mean? Like what's in the coaches' offices, what those meetings, how they're going. Because the first question I'm asking right now is, Dude, are you going to be there or not? I just need to know, like straight up. Like you can't. I don't want to sell anything. Are you going to be at USC or not? Yeah. If you can't give me a straight answer, then if I'm coming there for for you or partly for that reason, then I got to reconsider. I at least got to open yeah. up my recruitment. 
So I just, I just wonder what, and even, like I said, I, for everybody involved, Tom Herman, all those guys. Well, I mean, I mean, you know I mean, we learned this with USC and players, and this unfolded, and it got yeah. Texas a recruit last year yeah. because Cliffy exactly. was going in all the yeah. same situation. It's, and yeah. it's crazy and it, how well, incestuous, yeah. like, you were going to hire Cliff. They win. We can't hire Cliff. He's going to go to USC, and then you're going to hire Harold this year. Yeah. And it's the same way. And you look at the situation, it's hard to tell those players, and I still always just laugh back thinking the 2013 when Mac Brown was still out there on the road killing himself in Florida recruiting and it was like oh no I'm not stepping down I'm going to be the head coach of Florida (laughs) we just play for the Big 12 championship (laughs) game and like yeah yeah, I mean you got to go until you you aren't there it's it's almost it's like how you said you're paid for university all these these coaches are in a must lie situation because you're paid for to do your job yeah and you're paid for that allegiance but it's a must lie situation it's like when somebody presents you with an ugly baby nobody who has an ugly baby (laughs) knows they have an ugly baby because nobody will ever tell them that's a beautiful Beautiful baby, your oh, baby's gorgeous. Exactly. Oh, look at that beautiful face. No, that's an, uh, it's an ugly baby, but nobody will ever know that it's a must lie situation. And I think this is one of those must lie situations where everybody's telling a little white lie. They may not want to go all in on the lie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They may phrase it differently, but everybody's being you know everybody's being dishonest Sometimes in this situation. Give you, a tell you have here to. Or there. Because they're not telling these kids, man, I don't have no idea. Graham Harrell's not walking into the room going, I have no idea what I want like to do. Like I said, do. that's the worst thing. I'm a little thing. torn. That's, that's My the wife worst. really wants to go back to Texas. My dad is there. I'm from Texas. I love that place. But, man, have you been to the beach? This is L.A. Yeah. God, it's awesome. And I have three quarterbacks that I've already talked to and I've already developed and my system is here. Man, I'm really torn. I have no idea really what I want to do. Like said, USC's like, offered me $2 million, and so is Texas. I may be able to get on to $2.5 million. we got to see. I'm waiting on my agent to figure that out. They're not telling them all that stuff. They're not telling them all that stuff. The worst thing worst thing you can yeah the worst thing you can tell a recruiter now is i don't know exactly like you're not telling them you don't know I, if so, you're be, the worst thing is the, is being honest at that point exactly. it's crazy you got to be a cutthroat so, saving guy and like not even care or be detached so, from your emotions. so let's go doomsday what if you don't get graham harrell what if he decides the beaches of la <laughs> right and the, the money they're going to give him and hell the president and the director i should probably talk to him and say hey man you know what we might keep you and get rid of clay up just so you know you might be a, you know, i was surprised you, that you, got already didn't have him. you got a shot you got a shot man just so you know you would be on our short list of candidates when we fired this dude just so you know that's how much we like you and say all that works and he goes you know what hell man I love the beaches here i love it i love usc it's awesome you know what i'm staying here and honestly i don't really I don't really trust Tom Herman over here. I don't even know if I like the guy. Tech guy. For whatever it is. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. And say he doesn't come. And we know now that Joe Brady has already said he's staying. He said mm. he said it publicly. They got him on video saying, man, I ain't going nowhere. They offered me big money here. They showed me love here. I like it here. Boom, I'm staying. Uh, I think Jeff Scott, the Clemson, co-OC Clemson of Clemson, is he's now off South the table Florida. too. Who are you going to go get? Doomsday scenario. Three of your top, what, four or five candidates I'll see are off the table now if, if Graham Harrell turns you down? In theory, yeah. I, I think what you have to do, Rod, you can you can go one of two ways. That would be that'd be quite a fuster cluck. Tom, Tom Herman, <laughs> yeah. Tom Herman okay. can, go, can go one of two ways. E- either one I don't think would be. By the uh, way, I don't think Graham Harrell's going to turn it down. I actually think Graham Harrell's going to take the job. Right, so, but let's just go. Let's just go down the road, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? We're playing hypotheticals here. So we'll, it's all we can do right now. Um, Tom Herman can go one of two ways. One, I don't think would excite Texas fans all that much, and one I think would make the fan base very nervous. The way number one is try to find somebody that aligns philosophically with what you do. Um, yeah, is that a Rhett Lashley at SMU? Is that somebody that runs kind of that Gus Malzahn power spread type offense? Whatever it is, okay, maybe you go down that road. Yeah. Road number two is, and this goes back to the point you made last week in terms of is Tom Herman doing his due diligence. Tom Herman has to go find his Joe Brady. He's got to go find his Lincoln yeah. Riley. He's got to go find yeah. the next guy and trust that, no, yeah. I put in the work. I know the guy I'm hiring. What Chad Morris was to Dabo when Dabo went out and hired him. was like, are you sure about this? He's like, oh, I'm sure. I watched enough. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know what? Even Gundy does that. Gundy went and found... I mean, nobody. You going to the Ivy League and got your guy? That means he's doing deep dive research on OCs, man. Yes, that means you're <laughs> identifying an offense that you like, and you can see what you want. And that's just if we see Herman go the route of something that's foreign to him, it'll sort of be telling as to, all right, this is going to be that guy's offense 100%. But too. then if it's something yeah. that aligns with them, there's that murky world where we don't have that type he of may clarification. He put his fingers in the pot too much. Well, and yeah. it's just that we wouldn't know. We wouldn't be able to Dis- clearly discern one or the other. That's a great point. 
So it'll be just interesting to see which direction we go. But, I mean, if you got Herman, because he's such a great offensive mind, him being able to identify those type of things, that's what you want him to do. Yeah. But well, again, you know, Graham Harrell could make a decision. And no, no, no. I think Graham Harrell's going to take the gig. I do. I really do. But my point is Tom Herman's paid the big bucks, and he's going to get like a $1 million bonus or something on Christmas. He's paid the big bucks to think about the the, the worst-case scenario. Until yeah. said decision is made, you, you need better. You to be working on, yeah, just in case. I guess he ain't said yes yet, so that means, in my mind, honestly, he's saying no. I got to start looking for the next best thing. I'll give him the chance to tell me no, but I'll be prepared for it when he tells me, and then I'll be ready to move on. I'll have plan B, C, and D, the contingency plans ready to go. Because right now, you know, those top, some of those top targets, as we, you know, you guys reported earlier and they've been mentioned, they're, they're slowly off the table. Yeah. All right, let's take a break right now. But when we come back, there's more big picture Texas football talk. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24 7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. The defensive coordinator search, Rod, there are guys being vetted. I mean, some, no, of, the I name, like that. some of the names being vetted, like when you hear Todd Graham got a phone call, like that's not very exciting to the fan base, considering when you look up Arizona State's defensive numbers yeah. his mm-hmm. last few years there. But going down the to, list. to what we talked about last week, at least there is a vetting process going on, and at least you're doing some homework on some different guys. There's no rush on the defensive side, I don't think. And I know you could lose, you know, well, you know, some guys could consider for head coaching jobs, you could lose them potentially. Um, but I think offensively is where there may be more of a sense of urgency just because of the culture of football these days. Offensive guys are just more coveted. They are. You know what I mean? They just they come off the table really quickly and they come, you know what I mean? They get more opportunities and they have more leverage in negotiations because they have more opportunities. Defensive guys are pretty much like, oh, I'm waiting. Somebody hit me up. Yeah. I mean, Chris Ashton. Well, it also I mean? like, it's, it's why you can't miss out if you're good. Yeah, like, you got to have your yeah, offense guy. Now other be, teams yeah. can streamline production exactly right. and lesser talent can be That's, lifted yeah. via scheme and coaching. Mm-hmm. And if you don't or if you screw that up, it's going to really be telling. I mean, it's, it's just like it's, you talk about how, like in the NFL and the NBA right now, you can see either you're really good and you know what you're doing or there's the other bottom eight teams of the league that are about as detached as you possibly can be and you don't want to end up on that other side where you're playing just at a built-in disadvantage yeah you know my thinking on that is i think for tom herman rod there has to be more of a sense of urgency to get the offensive higher right yeah and here's why i said if you're looking at it from an extremely short-term view because I think that's how Tom Herman has to look at it. Because if he doesn't get these hires right, anything beyond 2020 is moot anyway because he ain't going to be here. Agreed. So you've got to look at this in a very short term. And I think offensively, you've got one shot to get this right and maximize the last year you've got with Sam Ellinger. There is no – for Sam Ellinger, there is nothing beyond 2020. Yeah. So for Tom Herman, I think it's okay. How do I squeeze the most juice – out of this piece of fruit that is your offense in 2020. I think defensively, because this is something that I think people have missed on the, and I had debates on Twitter over the weekend, and okay. why you get in Twitter debates, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why you do it. People still, people are still hung up on the three-man three man, three man front. front, and I'm like, do you guys realize like whoever wins this conference championship game is going to win it with a defensive basis out of a three-man front? The yeah. three-man front is not the freaking problem. The problem. And do you know why? Because <laughs> people are missing the thing that you've told me, that NFL guys have told you, that we've realized on the show that I realized a few years ago when I had my head in the weeds, like after Manny Diaz, it, it was the same person that gave me the quote, Rod, football is a simple game made complicated by simple men. Mm. The same person said, "Look, when you got when you're in a place like Texas, if you're doing it right in recruiting and player development, you don't Doesn't need a complicated scheme. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, you don't. Because on because what at the end of the day, on defense, you freaking win with players. Yeah, you can talk about scheme all you want. You win with freaking players on defense. Oh, develop yep. players, by the way. Yes. So the problem is Texas is getting those players. I truly believe they're getting those players. What Texas is not doing is developing those players. Getting back to the three man front. Listen, <laughs> right now, uh, I think Texas." probably is recruiting better defensive linemen than Baylor and then Iowa State. They're running three-man fronts, and they're running them really, really effectively. All right? Mm. So Texas can do that. Texas just schematically, they didn't make a couple of tweaks. I think the the, the linemen, the D linemen from Baylor, they're in five, the DNs are in fives a lot of the time mm-hmm. instead of that four-I. Instead of being so tight, gives them a chance to actually rush the pass. And just for everybody that's edge. out there, when you're in a four eye shade, you're you're playing an inside shade. Yes, it's a, it's a tighter alignment. Yeah. The five is a wider defensive end, more of a pass rushing set. Yes. Uh, so that's it's a simple tweak, uh, but also those guys are well developed. And we talked about uh, was it James Lynch? James Lynch. And he's from he's from Round Rock. 
for God's sakes. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bra- like, Bra- Bravion, Bravion Roy got better every year he's at Baylor. You watch yeah. him. Bravion Roy got better. And, by, getting, and yeah. by the end of his senior year, yeah, he, he's imp- he's what you want. If yeah. you're playing an odd front, he's what you want in a nose. Yeah. You cannot block him with one guy. It's about talent development, folks, at this point. And getting back to what the, you know your, your coaching friend told you, if you're in a three-man front or a four-man front at the University of Texas, you should be able to recruit the kind of athletes where ultimately what you are running should not be considered a a liability. Like, oh, three man front man, they're gonna get killed. Like, what are you? Are we really talking about this now? Think it about, isn't that simple. Think about how absurd that is. When yes. uh, you just mentioned the two best defense, arguably two of the three best defenses in the Big Twelve, run a three man front. That it doesn't make sense, people. That's not what the problem is. The problem is the, Texas is not developing that talent. The, the only, yeah. the only, per, the only defense, the only really good defense in the Big Twelve that doesn't base out of a three man front is TCU because, as we talked about, and Tom Herman even said it, Gary Patterson. Yeah, till the down. till the day somebody tells him you have to stop coaching, he's going to be a four down quarter. Four coverage guy. Yeah. It's just the way it is. No, so I, I think, and this is, what but like I, to to your point, Rod. Todd Orlando ran a damn good three man front two years ago. Nobody really was complaining about it. I agree. Why was it? Why was that front really good? Because you had Puna Ford and Nose, and you had Charles Menhu, an NFL talent rushing the passer, yeah. and you had linebackers, that linebackers could run four, that could four, run like four other people's receivers. <laughs> and, and, something you need with a three man front. And getting back to that, so getting back to the coordinators' discussion, we talked about Orlando in 2017 when he schematically. Uh, stole some concepts or borrowed concepts to mimic that Iowa State defense. Has John Heacock got a call? And we, they're, my, they're, hitting to, up, they're hitting up Todd Graham, for God's sakes. Have they hit up John Heacock? To my knowledge, no. That's a damn I'm shit. not saying it hasn't. I'm All just right. saying to my I'm knowledge. Just, man, if it hasn't happened, good Lord. Yeah, that would be – that That would to me will be a tragedy, much like you mentioned. I talked about this on the show, too. I'm watching the college football playoff, right, and I'm, watch, I'm looking at three transfer quarterbacks in their first years mm-hmm. – in systems, and just take Joe Burrow right now, who is playing ungodly football, who's probably going to end up winning the Heisman by the largest majority in the history of the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And last year, nobody in college football would have said he was a better quarterback than Sam Ellinger. Nobody. No. And in fact, nobody at all. I, he, and, yeah. and Joe Brady comes in, brings in all of these, these cheat codes and these great concepts that are compatible with Joe Burrow. Even Joe Burrow said it before. He said, man, we're going back to a lot of things I ran in high school with the RPOs. That's kind mm-hmm. of what, you know, that's kind of what he grew up Marrying in. Marrying that system. Yeah, with and basically with his skill set, with that, with that specific system. And now Joe Burrow, his ceiling, he has shattered his glass ceiling. Oh, yeah. Now they're saying number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. He's that good. It's like and, Tyler you know, and Baker. Exactly. And I'm not saying Sam Ellinger is ever going to be what Joe Burrow is right now. But you see the incompetence of that Tom Herman system lower his ceiling. In 2018, it's like, damn, Sam Ellinger, he's got at least 25 passing touchdowns, at least 15 rushing touchdowns. Hell, only, what? what's the guys? Lamar Jackson in Power 5 quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel, and I believe Marcus Mariota Hmm. were the only other quarterbacks who had had done that Power 5 quarterbacks, and they all won Heisman. We were talking about Sam Ellinger being up for the Heisman, Mm -hmm. and now he's honorable mention when, All Big 12. When Texas played LSU, we were like, um, Joe Burrow uh, played right there with Sam Ellinger. Right and they're so grateful. That's what we said. And, and think about it. That's what a system will do. And, and look, what, what, look what Ryan Day is doing right now with, with, Justin, with Fields. Justin Fields. With, with, you know what I mean? You can see it. Jalen Hurts, of course, with Lincoln Riley. He does it with every damn, but he can do it with you, Jeff. He can yeah. turn you into a decent Big 12 quarterback, all right? That's how good Lincoln Riley is because we've seen him do it over and over again. My point is... One of the great tragedies, and I totally agree with you, and I ranted about this on the show, Sam Ellinger, we know how good Sam Ellinger is. He's the best quarterback on the Ford Acres last 50 years, not named Vince Young or Cole McCoy, and yet we saw him regress and get worse. That's tragedy. That's tragic, man. That's a waste. Now, we're talking about wasting good quarterbacks. How many good quarterbacks have we had on the 40 Acres in the last 10 years? Mm-hmm. One? <laughs> him. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And we wasted one of his years. Shameful. Shameful. Every- Every Shameful, like man. last one we might have had was Garrett Gilbert, and we wasted that one. Too. We wasted that one too because of <laughs> offensive incompetence. Yeah, he was. Oh, I know, but no, I'm you're like, right. To that offensive level. ineptitude. Yes. Yeah, like it, it's weird. Everything that we had kind of us on this show and everybody in this market that you had hoped against hope David Ash might possibly end up being is kind of what Sam Ellinger is, and then some, mm-hmm. and more, way, way more. Yeah, yeah. And yet you just you just wasted one of his years. That's what I'm saying, Rob. Was like, supposed to be like his. 
you know, his Breakout introduction yeah to, his, the, yeah, to the big time. That's, and that's, that's why. That's why. Vince, like, wow. it would all align that way. That's why the sense of Crazy, urgency man. to me to get the OC hire right for Tom Herman, that, that's where the sense of urgency resides. I agree Because yeah. we're at the era of football because that if optimal you, offense, it cannot be defended. Not just that. Exactly. It's, Especially with a good quarterback. It's even simpler than that. If you waste Sam Ellinger's senior year, if you're Tom Herman, you won't be around in 2021 to think about it. I agree with that. True. Because when you look at recent history of Texas, somebody was just asking me on my show, and they said, look at all the you know, college football playoff quarterbacks and how they're having instant success. And I said, well, everybody in college football, if you're a blue blood, it's more money, more problems. If you're recruiting great quarterbacks, you got to deal with quarterbacks leaving. That's just the way it is. That mm-hmm. is a problem you want to have. Great quarterbacks coming in, they're all going to want to leave because only one of them can play. The, the difference is you can't waste that quarterback's prime years anymore. When you get a good quarterback, you better make sure you maximize him because you may not have Baker Mayfield for long. He may leave. Yeah. <laughs> you may not have Justin Fields for long. He may leave. You better, you better make your mind up here and there. You're going to maximize. And I think Jordan's thinking they made the wrong decision. Like, damn, we might have messed up there. Mm-hmm. We might have should have chose the wrong guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Bama had to make the decision. Like, see you, Jalen Hurts. You got to go. We're going with Tua. And I think for Texas – if they waste Sam Ellinger, I think the number is they've re- they recruited what twenty quarterbacks, signed twenty quarterbacks since two thousand five. Three of them have finished their eligibility on the forty acres playing the quarterback position. Just three: the McCoys and Tyrone Swoops. The rest of them either transferred, retired, or changed, changed positions. positions. And by the way, Rashawn Johnson just changed positions. Mm-hmm. So we're about mm-hmm. to go fifteen of those twenty quarterbacks retired, transferred, or changed positions. It's hard to find them. And when you find him, you're going to waste one of his years. And this Shameful. is this is another and thing. You let Bouchelle go, and Bouchelle is balling. This is you another. Can't waste those years. You better, when you get him, you better you better yeah, play. When him. We got Bouchelle. We're like, we got a quarterback, and they're playing. They're playing at a younger age. This is too. this is another yep. thing that I want to address because people are like, well, the quarter the quarter. I've heard some people say the quarterback job needs to be open in the spring. Oh, that's ridiculous. I don't that's like, and it's not to me. <laughs> I like it's, competition. It's but nothing you know against. It's nothing against Casey Thompson, right? Yeah. But to your point, Rod. When you have a proven commodity Man. at maybe the most important position in sports, mm-hmm. you you have to maximize that commodity. Go all, on, oh, go yeah. all in on it. That's what Empowering Lamar Jackson him. and the Ravens are, are, are teaching you. you go to, you, all in on that guy. Yeah, It's not how <laughs> yeah. he opened up Vince totally Young. Agree. It was by empowering him and yeah. getting him confident, and, and, not by stripping and, and, something and, away in that last year and being like, oh, yeah, you should change And we saw it too many times this year where Tom Herman did not empower Sam. You know what I mean? He did not give it up. He did not go all in on this. And it's, it's, it's this thing that upsets me about this, this offense because I was bamboozled and I was and I was led astray and I was run amok. I really yeah. was, and I, I apologize to everybody listening because I was all in this offense because I I mistook uh, randomness for uh, calculation. And what I mean by that is when when I heard Tom Herman was talking to David Beatty and they were behind the scenes, you know, they were hatching out plans. I figured, oh, you know what he's doing? He's bringing in air raid influence. He's bring. He's going to try to get the air. He's going to. He was trying to funk up this uh, this offense a little bit with a little air raid mm-hmm. concepts here what, and there. What was the percentage? Beatty ran ten personnel last year. Oh, it was it was top. It was top. It was top. Ten, it was top five. I think. I think only only Texas Tech under yeah, Cliff Kingsbury ran more ten personnel, like old school right. leech kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, they're going to freak it out. They're going to run a lot more ten personnel. When I saw them in the spring game run twenty one personnel, two backs, one tight end, and then they went empty formation with Jordan Whittington like, and oh. Keontae Ingram went up. Oh, Ooh, we're going to see a lot of that now. Ooh, it's going to be, oh, man, it's going to be crazy. Nobody's going to be able to match up with Texas. And when I heard they were bringing in, it was Andre Coleman. Is that his name, Andre mm-hmm. Coleman? From K-State, I figured, yeah. ooh, quarterback run game. Who has Same better quarterback idea. run game than K-State? Nobody. Texas is going to run. Because you're trying to connect yeah, these dots. I'm connecting all these dots, <laughs> which, which is basically, it is a big randomness, as you yes. know, Matt. Yes. But I, I basically, I, I mischaracterized it as, Oh no! This is this is all intentional. This is diabolical. This yeah. is Tom Herman putting together a Frankenstein monster on offense. No, turns out he didn't know what the hell he was doing. He was just—it was well, just random. It was can just stumble. him. Like, just up, oh, you know what? Oh, oh, I need to talk to David Beatty about—I don't know—Info uh, Wars. I don't know what the hell they were. I have no idea. But apparently, you weren't doing what I thought you were doing because I thought you was building this Frankenstein monster around going all in on Sam Ellinger. And you didn't. And sometimes and you, you can just stumble into those things yeah. and they can align and they can be successful. But if the process gets you there via randomness and it's yeah. not behind something we, we talked about. We uh, talked about exactly. all these things. We, we talked about Larry, like, Larry Fedora with the R- RPO, oh, RPO influence. You gave us a screen. Yeah, we, we, we didn't see it again. We made all these grand you know, proclamations and prognostications about this offense. And I, I do want to apologize because I assumed and I, I guess gave you all the evidence why I thought, oh, he's going to build something great here. And it, it 
was trending that way early, but turns out he never really put all those things together in a way to make to weaponize Sam. And it was so strange. You to weren't me. wrong, Rod. This Weird. goes this goes back to the question I had, and what you're saying is the question I had coming out of the Baylor game before the Texas Tech game. The question I'd have for Tom Herman is what the hell did you really accomplish last offseason? <laughs> Agreed. What did you do? Mm-hmm. What were you doing? Like the the uh the because the, the intent the right? in, the intent could be seen based on all these factors you mentioned, but either your execution was piss poor or I, I don't know like what if, what if you the, were doing. If the if the tight end position is so important, and we've talked about mm-hmm. in this show, I've said it's the link, right, between mm-hmm. the pro uh the pros philosophy and the spread ideology and your pro spread, you know, uh mentality. If that is the case, then how come you ain't developed these damn tight ends? You've been recruiting tight ends since you got here. Remember the first damn position I think you you actually recruited when you got here was tight end. Tight end. And yet you ain't figured out how to develop these tight ends into something that could be even resemble what Andrew Beck did. It's All be- of these guys have more talent than Andrew it's Beck. It's beyond that, Rob. What the Rob, hell is going it's, on? It's beyond that. <laughs> it's is your is your offense, is your system, this pro spread offense that Tom Herman runs, is it such a house of cards? Are you telling me it's such a house of cards that without Andrew Beck and Colin Johnson, it just completely goes to crap? Well, then if that's the because case, that's what it looked like. Why don't you have tight ends like Iowa State? They got like four of them. Yeah. I'm always looking all at over these Texas. big, giant, athletic tight ends with long, flowing hair out their helmets. I'm like, hey, can we get one of those guys? Yeah, we just need one. If you guys want to transfer to Texas, you can come here and play. I'm like, if they, if, they, if it's that important, then why? If, if Colin Johnson is that important, why the hell haven't you been working with Malcolm Epps to make him the next Colin Johnson or Brendan Eagles? Why? Or are, Mar- why or, is their route tree, as you pointed out, why is it so limited? Or then? why? Or to you. To the Colin Johnson point, why are you, with all due respect to the young man, because he got his degree, he was track All-American everything else, why is John Burt playing instead of Marcus Washington? I have no idea. That's yeah, what well, we saw from Marcus too. Washington, that was awesome. Marcus Washington showed me more. That's a great question. Marcus too. Washington showed me more in one catch in the Texas Tech game than John Burt showed me in the last two years. I can agree with you on that. Yep. Yeah. And when you just brought up the route no. tree, something that I had heard some people talking about in the NFL, and it, whenever I heard them talking about just certain keys that are being basically read off of the primary route within offense, oh, yeah. that then, but I mean, it really opened up my eyes to thinking, well, I mean, if you know that Duvernay and the entire offense is built off of him, oh, yeah. it's just so it's much easy. easier to then shut down the other valves. And we had talked about yeah. the predictable nature, but then the way that even the lack of development with the wider receivers exactly. to make sense. And then we hear about this Marringer stuff in the room, and like it makes sense that you hear at times like after games, like Sam Ellinger just sort of being like, I don't know what's wrong. You're going to have to figure that out with the coaches. Like whenever it got bad, and it got bad quick, and yeah. it's just something that you hope you can reconcile real quickly, but you wouldn't have even envisioned it to get to where it did. No, I totally agree. Like I just don't I- – I didn't. I, I I mistook the like I said the randomness for something that was calculated, and it wasn't. It was just Tom Herman is kind of fumbling and stumbling into things, and now I can't trust his vision. I thought that was. I thought I, was, I thought I was following his vision, and it turns out I wasn't. And I'm with Matt. He, play, he wants to be a. He wants to play meathead football, and it's like. You don't need to play meathead you're football. You're smart, man. You're, you're Mitchell, dude. Yeah. You're the one. You're, schemes you're, is what got you here, not yeah. just headbutting people. Schemes and, and development. So we'll see. All right, it's time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that on the other side as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. 
about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your purple grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. <sighs> but you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our Purple's bundle up for the holiday sale and get a free premium gift bundle when you buy a mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist. The only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park... Or at your kitchen table. Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our Purple's bundle up for the holiday sale and get a free premium gift bundle when you buy a mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. For Matt Farad, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM, 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can catch Rod B on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Thanks to Matt. You can get our archives, classic shows, classic interviews on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. And don't forget to find us anywhere you get your podcast. Search Horns 24-7 Podcast. You get us, you get State of Recruiting, and uh, you get the flagship podcast, all that. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast, go search Horns 24-7 Podcasts. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.